Sometimes people think, well, I haven't had any claims, so therefore my insurance should be low, yet they're buying a property that might have had several claims. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Helping Heroes Become Homeowners. So today we're going to talk about homeowners insurance. What what is homeowners insurance for? How does it protect your investment? And if premiums go up and down each year, why does that happen? Hi, my name is Richard Seri with Alliance Mortgage Group, and today we have Jason Binion with the Binion Agency Farmers Insurance. Jason, thank you for joining us today to talk about homeowners insurance. Well, thank you for having me. It's a it's a pleasure to be here for sure. Absolutely. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, what got you into the industry and what services you provide? Yeah. So like Rich said, I'm Jason Binion with the Binion Agency. Um, we have an agency here in Frisco, Texas, not uh, too far behind La Hacienda Ranch, if anybody knows where that is here in Frisco. Uh, if you're not here, then you won't know where that is. But um, uh, I've been in insurance now for about four years. Um, prior to that, I was in my in another agency world. Um where we represented other products to other 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 industries, um, and so I actually got in, into this industry kind of in a roundabout way. I, I met a guy, and and I was done with my last career, and he said, "You'd be really good at this. Uh, why don't you come and talk to me?" And I got to talking to him. We've ended up becoming really close friends. Uh, one thing led to another, uh, and we've got our our, our little group here. Um, there's me and and four others. Uh, and we try to do everything we can to um, help people learn about insurance. Uh, our deal is to be a teacher, a coach, a mentor, and a friend. Uh, sometimes that means telling you the information you don't want to hear um, yep. because the reality of it is telling the truth is uh, going to give them the best deal. And insurance has changed a lot, obviously, since things have happened with hurricanes, storms, ice storms, you know, premiums just have changed. So, I think our listeners kind of want to know more about what creates that change each year. Will they ever maybe correct? Um, but for the most part, can we maybe dive into what is insurance really for when it comes to your home? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, there's, there's two questions in that. Um, what's been going on in insurance and what is insurance for? Let's answer in what's insurance for first. Uh, insurance is there for you on claims day. Um, you know, you can talk about price, you can talk about a lot of different things, but the first the first concern that you should probably have anytime that you get insurance, whether it's on your home or any other part of your life, is to make sure that the coverages that you're looking for are in that particular policy. Um, relative what's, what, you know, I get the question all the time, Jason, I didn't have any claims. Why did my insurance continue to go up? You know, it's gone up every single year. Um, and you asked what's going on with the industry. The industry as a whole uh, is taking corrective measures to figure out a way to stay in business. I mean, to you can there's a lot of different things going on with that, uh, and there's a lot of boring topics around that. But the reality of it is, if they take in one dollar and they pay out a dollar six or a dollar twelve or a dollar fifteen, they can only stay in business for so long. So what's been sure. happening over the last three or four years, um, as inflation and other factors have come into effect. They've been trying to figure out a way to make sure that their balance sheets uh, at least stay even. Okay, so with that being said, as a homeowner, when we when we want to dive into getting a quote for homeowners insurance, should we where do, where do we start to do that? Do we look for something online? What is some of the 
jargon per se from the insurance world should they focus on? Yeah, as a homeowner, I think um, it, it can be very wordy. It can be, there's a lot of acronyms. There's a lot of abbreviations. There's a lot of sometimes gamesmanship played with different terminologies all throughout that process. Um, I think some of the things you can start online, um, Rich, just like in your industry, I think that people have the ability to start online. My belief is, is that even though technology has a lot of um, great components to it, is that having some human intervention and human intuition and part of that process uh, is important, right? Because there are questions that you can go through and there are things that you can try to figure out, but there might be things that might be missed. There are things that can come up in a particular home that might have a nuance to it that you might be paying more for. You might be paying not enough for. It just depends on what's every single insurance policy that we write is specific and tailored to that individual. But some of the things that you would consider when you're looking at your home you know, where is my home located? Is it in an area that's taken a lot of a lot of potential risks like hail or um, hurricane if you're along the coast or any of those things? How old is my house? Does my house ha how does my house have a roof that is 10 years old or less? Because if it's less than that, then you can start talking about replacement costs versus some of the other things. Uh, some of the other things that are key components is, is how old are my major services? How old is my AC and my heater? You know, are my pipes are relatively new or they're very, very old. In some cases, these homes are older uh, and those are the things that are looked at as well. So so is it is it good for a new home buyer coming in or an experienced home buyer who's maybe buying their second or third home? Do, do you require maybe having the, the home inspection help determine premium or is that something that you'll just, you're going to ask for if you have a question about the property? You know, I think in the real estate process, obviously I'm not a realtor, but from the insurance perspective, it, it's very helpful information to have an inspection report uh, and the full disclosure report. Uh, we can see things like how old is the roof? Were there any claims in the past on that particular property? Sometimes people think, well, I haven't had any claims, so therefore my insurance should be low, yet they're buying a property that might have had several claims. Uh, and that can be yeah. taken into account at times, you know, not always, but it could. We also want to make sure that if those, if that property took a claim and it was fixed, we need to make sure that we have those records because any insurance company is going to ask to see those records before they insure it because they don't want to insure something that's happened in the past prior to them insuring it. And that that's come up a lot here recently is is items that have been fixed that agents want that documentation they've been fixed the roof or water leak or whatever the case may be but the seller doesn't keep good records. What, is there another method, another alternative way of verifying that that's been completed? Yeah, that's a great question, Question, Rich. I, I, you know, what we see oftentimes is we have to bring in an, in, an industry expert, whether it's a roofer, okay. whether it's a plumber, whether it's an electrician and say, hey, in your professional estimate, what do you think was the last remedy and was it fixed properly? Once we get a letter for that, we can give it to the insurance underwriters uh, and they can clear that issue. Okay. I know we kind of jumped right into, you know, what is insurance kind of about, but when, when I see a policy or when a, a customer sees a policy and they're shopping, you got dwelling, you got deductible, you've got liability. What is, what does that mean for somebody new looking for homeowners insurance? What's the most important piece of that for coverage? Yeah, we did kind of jump straight to dessert. So uh, with that, <laughs> let's go back and have salad for a minute. You yeah. Know, uh, at the at at the at the root of it all, y'all, you you you, you get a policy, and it's and it's in what used to be called a jacket, and that jacket was actually like a little rubber 
uh, envelope. That's why they call it a policy jacket, right? Um, they don't do that so much because everything's electronic now. But inside of that, um, you had what was called the declarations page. And inside the declarations page, and a lot of times you'll hear people use slang like deck page, we'll have the summary of all the things that have been offered to you and that you said, yes, those are the things that I want. So that's called the declarations page. And on that declarations page, there's two sections. There's a section that I, I would call, this is for me. This is for my house. This is for any structures that might be detached from my house. This is for the property inside of my house. Um, this is for in the event that I have to leave my house because it's being repaired, that I have some sort of insurance to give me some expenses to cover my expenses while I'm out of my house. So those are like A, B, C, and D of the sections of the policy, right? Those are the things that kind of take care of me. Section two of that declarations page is, okay, well, what if I do something to somebody, whether on purpose or an accident? Um, that's called liability coverage, right? People hear about liability all the time. Um, and that's the other portion of your policy. In case somebody gets hurt at my house, or some people don't think about this, what if I'm off property and I cause damage? You know, what, how do, what kind of coverage do I have? Um, that's the liability piece. So your insurance policy is built to protect the things that you own and the things that you have, and also protect you against anything that might happen that people might want to ask you to help them pay for, whether it's them themselves or whether it's their lawyer, somebody's going to ask, right? What about the land? Then you're not insuring the land, right? No, we don't insure land. It's interesting. There are portions of insurance that can insure land or things around land. Um, that's a little bit broader scope in terms of insurance. You can look at animals and crops and those kinds of things. But typically for you and I, what we deal with day in and out, what we're talking about is we are insuring the home, um, the contents around the home, but not the land itself. Right. So we've asked a few times because most lenders are you know, they're asking this quite a bit just because that's what they're doing now is the replacement cost estimator, right? They want to know what it's going to cost to rebuild that property back to what it looked like before the event occurred. It, can you tell a little bit about what that, how that's maybe put together? Man, that is a, that is a big deal. It's a big deal between the insurance person. It's a big deal between the loan officer, the loan, uh, the loan company. Um, and it's a big deal to the homeowner because everybody's going, well, what is the value of the house? You know, right. Um, tax records say that the house is worth 300,000. The bank says that the word, you know, the house is worth 325,000. The real estate agent says that the worth, the house, the house is worth 450,000. And then comes the insurance guy at the last minute and says, well, hang on. We think the worth of the house <laughs> is worth 280,000. And everybody's like throwing their hands up going, what is going on? So I can tell you from an insurance perspective, what we look at is what is it going to take to bring this piece, this property, this, this structure back to its condition that it was before the event happened. So what we so look how at often, is, sorry ahead. to cut you off, but how often as a homeowner, before you say I, I purchased the house, I've got the replay cost estimate for 2024. Mm -hmm. Next year, I want to refinance the house. Do I, do I, every year does that get updated or do I need to request it myself just to see if something's changed on the rebuild cost? Yeah, I think that um, anytime that you're going to have a um, refinance, for sure, you're going to have to look at what is the value of the home today based upon what is it going to take for me to, in the event that something major happened to my property, if if it burned to the ground, what is it going to take for a crew to come in, clean everything off, put everything back together from the foundation up, put a roof and all the walls and everything back together because materials change 
um, year in and year out. Labor changes year in and year out. Now that doesn't always mean that it goes up. Sometimes it can correct and come down. Um, we haven't seen that here recently, um, but I have, at least in my time in insurance, have seen some corrections for things that were inflated. There was a time where wire was inflated and everything was crazy, so yeah. Let me ask you this question. So if I've got my replacement cost estimator, say it's at 250, but my dwelling's at 350 because I wanted that extra coverage for some reason or another, whatever the case may be, my dwelling's 350, but I have 125% replacement coverage. Obviously I have more coverage than the replacement cost estimator, right? So am I, do I get the replacement cost estimator amount to rebuild or am I getting what I actually am paying for on the dwelling and the replacement? Yeah, that's a great question too. So when once the replacement cost estimator has done its job, and as an agent, we should do a good job with you. If, if that hasn't happened, and I think that's where that, that going back to that computer calculator that you do on your own, we would ask you things like, do you have the same floors all throughout? Do you have upgraded countertops? Do you have things in your house that you want to be replaced in case they were damaged? And if that's yes, then the calculator may or may not be exactly accurate. We might need to modify it. We might need to humanly go in and do a few things. And to answer your question with, and yes, let's use simple numbers. Let's say the house was $100,000. Let's just pretend. Your question was, well, on some policies you have seen, you've seen estimator, or I'm sorry, you've seen increased values added as a percentage. You can have 110%, you can have 125%, and you can have 150% over the value of the house. So what that means is, is if we say insure it for $100,000 on the actual dwelling coverage at $110,000, you would get $110,000. At $125%, you'd get $125,000. And at $150,000, you'd get $150,000, if that makes sense. So even if it's even if it's over and above the replacement cost estimator that was provided. Yeah, that's accurate. And, that's not and, binding. I'm sorry? It's that it doesn't bind you to the coverage if it's less or more. No, it does not bind you to the coverage whether okay. it's less or more. What it's going to say is, hey, my house, they estimated it to be 300000 and they gave me 10% or 25% over that in the event that maybe there's some cost escalations during the project. Okay. So with insurance, you know, everything's going up. It's what you hear in the news, the noise, insurance premiums are going up. Mortgage rates are going up. Everything's going up, right? Price of food. But at the end of the day, what are some of the things that a homeowner coming in, a veteran coming in can do to try and get the, the best premium price for what they need coverage for? Yeah, I think um, you're right. Everything has gone up, continues to go up. Uh, the things to do is to be aware of everything that's available to you in terms of using your money the most effective way possible. Everybody likes to talk about price. I like to talk about efficiency. So let's make sure that your coverage is right. And then the way to make sure that you efficiently use your money in that, make sure that I have all my discounts. You know, just on just on a home policy alone, there could be as many as 16 discounts. You know, if you are doing this online, um, you may miss some of those discounts. If you don't have the right person that's guiding you through the process, they may not know the questions to ask you for those discounts. So making sure that you have those discounts. If you're in the military, you get a discount. If you're a first responder, you get a discount. If you use EFT, you get a discount. If you pay for it all at once, you get a discount. There are so many discounts that continue to build on one another that you can start to use your money way more efficiently than did you just said, oh, I'm going to take the cheapest price because they may not have used all their discounts and they may not have given you the right coverages. So it's important to know what's available to you 
and your question was, well, how do I know? I think the best way to know is to find somebody to kind of walk you through the process. Um, there are some tools out there available to look, um, but there are some pretty ambiguous discounts, good student discount, you know, that can apply. Yeah. Um, there's just all kinds of discounts that, that people sometimes miss that uh, we see that happen often. You know, one of my biggest recommendations would be if you're going to be a new home purchaser and you're a driver is to make sure that you put all of your eggs in one insurance basket. That's your biggest discount. It can be somewhere between 10 and 14%. And just remember that's bi-directional, meaning that you'll get that on your home premium, but you'll also get that on your car. So if you're giving that up, I just think that that's really leaving money out there that shouldn't be left out there. What kind of discounts can a military veteran get or an active duty get with, is, it, is, is the discount just with farmers or is it kind of in the industry norm? I think it's an industry standard. We do it at farmers for sure. Um, but remember that if say you have an active military member and the other person in the household potentially is say a teacher, then you might need to look at both discounts and see if there's one that's more than the other or see if they can be combined, right? You need to look at the whole okay. household to make sure that every discount can be worked there. Um, you know, I did some research cause I knew we were going to be together today and I did some research on, on the military as, as a whole. Um, and really the discount, the biggest discount that's available is the military discount. And what's, uh, roughly what's that percentage that you found online or with farmers that are get that premium um, down for it, them? It can be anywhere between three and 6%. Okay. Yep. For as long as they keep that policy, is there any additional Further discounts if they do anything over and above that with other things that farmers offers or besides the cars, I guess, if you can combine maybe life insurance or any other type of policy. Well, yeah, I would tell you that um, as a new home buyer, right, when you buy a new home and it kind of these kind of go together. So I'm going to answer the question kind of as a joint thing. Um, your discounts won't get bigger as you go. Um, so if you're in the military longer, it doesn't necessarily get mean you, you'll get a bigger discount. But one of the discounts as a new home buyer um, that you can get if you do your home and auto together. A lot of times when you buy a new home, Rich, I know that I've done this. I bought a new home not long ago. Not new, new to me, right? And all of a sudden in my mail, I start getting these green and these pink and these blue things saying, hey, you can get insurance for your mortgage right away. It's called mortgage insurance. Right. Well, the reality of it is, is it's a life insurance policy, right? Um, if you combine that with your home and auto premium, you can typically get that life insurance policy um, at or at no cost because those things are usually between $25 and $40 a month, right? And you can get $300,000 to $500,000 worth of coverage with pretty much no medical um, background check. I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to get. Um, and so if you add that life insurance policy, whether it's at Farmers or somebody else that offers it, you can end up paying for that insurance policy for free if that makes sense. Okay. So you can get, you know, if something happens to, I guess, one of the folks that are on the loan, they're going to be on the policy, right? That would, that would cover what's owed on the mortgage and that other additional insurance you can use towards other things. Yeah. I think homeowners insurance is, is really, really important. I think what people forget in the excitement of it all is if something was to happen to one of the two people in the house and you were relying on that portion of that income to stay in that house, um, what would I do? And so now if you can get that policy to cover that mortgage, um, then what you've allowed is for that person to stay in that house, kind of get through all that grief and all those things, give them some runway to figure out what they're going to do with the next phase of their life. It's a big, big deal. And if you can do it where you get a discount on your overall premium from your
it's just a, it's it's twofold really yeah it could be a win-win so yeah. one of the main questions i get you know when when people go out and they get quotes uh some of the questions they have is you know what's the difference between the one percent deductible and the two percent deductible and generally speaking one is cheaper than the other right but at the end of the day can you kind of go into more detail about if, if the coverage is different I know the premiums are higher and lower, but at the end of the day, what does it mean for the homeowner? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think it's one of the most um, looked at things on home insurance um, policies is the deductible. So <clears throat> when we talk about 1% and 2%, people can, can sometimes get confused. What they do is they look at your dwelling costs, which is that coverage A cost. It's the one that is on the first thing on your declaration page. So if you have a $300,000 home insurance policy and you have a 1% deductible, in the event of, say, wind or hail, you would pay $3,000 because it's 1% of the $300,000, right? It's not 1% of what the claim would cost. Now, if you had a 2% deductible, you would pay $6,000 if you had some sort of an event happen because it's 2% of the $300,000. So that's $6,000, right? So that's a pretty big difference. That's a, that's a $3,000 differential between 1% and 2% on your deductible. However, if your premium is say, I don't know, five to $700 less per year, and you're the kind of person that says, you know what, I haven't had an event in 10 years, I'm gonna go ahead and keep these premium dollars and I'm gonna go ahead and, and, and have a higher deductible. And I'm gonna just sa save that extra $3,000 off to the side to make sure that I have it when I need it. Um, then it's it's probably a pretty smart play. What I would tell people it's, it's not a good play to go into a, buying a new home and saying, you know what, I need to lower my insurance price, so I'm going to just have a higher deductible. That's kind of a risky idea because if something comes up and you need to come up and stroke, you know, stroke a check for three thousand or six thousand dollars, you need to be able to do that because you want to get your house fixed, right? Right. And sometimes when you buy a new house, I know I was in that same scenario. You don't always have a lot of money laying around, so you really need to be mindful. I think of what those deductibles are. I can tell you that they are directly proportional, meaning that if you have a higher deductible, you will have a lower premium and vice versa. If you have a lower premium, you can have a higher deductible. Okay. So with that being said though, would, would it be better for a homeowner who's buying a home, say it's new from zero years to five years, do that 2% deductible versus a 1% deductible, knowing it's it may be still be under warranty. You get the builder warranty, maybe still in place for a few things. Is there a maybe a better time to use one deductible versus the other when it comes to the age of the home? Well, I think that's definitely one of the considerations. I also think the uh, consideration is to say, am I the kind of person that has an emergency fund? Because if you don't, then I would not recommend having higher deductibles. I do agree with you uh, in the theory that, hey, if I have a newer home, the reality of it is, is especially if it's going to be a brand new home and it has a one-year warranty, you know, maybe there there's some strategy, really. I mean, that's really the reason that you have people not just use computers. You have agents that go in and say, hey, that could be a strategy. Just be mindful that if you have a big event, you could have some exposure there. Exposure means more money. It's just a fancy word for more money, right? So, yeah. But yeah, I agree with you. Now, what about your wind and your hail? So you know, we have a fairly new home and when a storm blows through, you get the phone call from 10 different roofers that want to come out, check out your roof. 
you get may get that one roofer that says, "Hey, man, you need to replace it." But yet, you know, you've got a pretty new, pretty good roof. Do you necessarily have to get your roof replaced right away if you have one small hailstorm come through? And if you do, should you wait for the season to be up before you even get it checked out? Um, yeah, two questions there. One, if we have a hailstorm, should you have it checked out? I say yes. Um, I also say that. Um, I would call the person that um, you're familiar with, whether it's your own personal roofer. Uh, I would ask friends. I would be leery of um, the guys that just run into town to chase a hailstorm. Um, call your insurance person. Call your loan officer. All, all of us are pretty familiar with different roofers around town, I think. Um, if you have a storm, uh, what should you do? Uh, you want to make sure that, you know, obviously, if you had major damage, um, it is our responsibility as homeowners uh, to do the best that we can to mitigate the damage while we're trying to figure out how it's going to be fixed permanently. So there, there is that. Um, and then on, on the hailstorm itself, you have up to one year uh, to file that claim. So you don't have to necessarily file in the first week. So when, when 40 roofers come knocking at your door, um, you know, take a breather. If you don't have leaks in your house and it just looks bad, um, breathe for a second, call your, call your insurance agent and say, Hey, I've had an event. What do, what do you think I should do? If you don't have an insurance agent, just call somebody that is an insurance and ask them, what do you think I should do? They're going to give you the right answer. And, and to be clear, it doesn't become a claim just by you picking up the phone and calling your agent about that, right? It becomes no. a claim when it's done. Yeah. Money's and, paid and all that. Yeah. To be clear, when someone was to call, if someone was to call this office, for instance, we would say, how much damage do you think that there is? And they would say, I don't know, Jason, that's not my specialty. I would say, why don't we have a professional come out and take a look? The roofer's going to come out. He's not going to charge you any money to look at your roof. Um, most reputable roofers will give you a fair estimate. And it's going to be how many how many hits did I have in a 10 square foot area on my roof, right? They're going to square it out. They're going to look at it. And industry standard says, if I have so many hits in this particular square, then that roof needs to be replaced. Remember that that roof may only be fixed or it may only be fixed on one side. It depends on your insurance policy sometimes, but um, the roofer will be able to determine whether it really needs to be replaced or not. And if you feel like you're getting kind of that spidey sense and the guy's just trying to sell you a roof, have a second roofer come out. The, yeah. They're the guys going to come out and do it for free as well. Yeah. You can have as many, I guess, more than two if you wanted to, right? Yeah. you Yeah. You know, the reason why I brought that up is you know, we're part of... Um, you know, a, a Facebook group here with the neighborhood. And we've got a lot of folks that are moving from other states to Texas that are not familiar with the hailstorms that we have. And, you know, just listening to some of the comments that are made in these groups is like, hey, I just, we had our first hailstorm. It wasn't really that bad. It was maybe, I don't know, nickel size hail. I mean, it was, wasn't very long, but at the end of the day, you, you had everyone who was already like, I got to get my roof replaced. We had a hailstorm. Like this is one of the reasons why I think some of the premiums are are going up for coverage is because people react so quickly with one event that comes through. They think they've got to get it fixed right away. And they've got somebody telling them, yes, it has to be fixed, but yet we still have a season of weather. And maybe it doesn't, it, it just, it seems to me that sometimes people get the misconception that they have to fix it after one event, even though it may really not have to be fixed. Yeah. I think that's a, a really good point. It's, um, I think that there's some balance. Um, it's in the middle of rebalancing, I believe. Um, you know, one of your questions was on deductibles earlier. 
um, and I'm going to wrap around to the to this portion of that with the roof. Um, one way that you will see people on insurance policies write lower premiums is specifically in the wind and hail category. Um, they will say, hey, we're going to go ahead and, and insure your roof, but we're going to insure it at what's called ACV or scheduled uh, as opposed to replacement cost. And what that means is, is that when the roofer comes out and says, hey, you do need a new roof and you agree that you need a new roof, um, it's, it's become that time. Like you had a couple of hailstorms, you see everybody around you, you know, the whole street's getting a new roof at this point. So you're right. Probably it's probably time to take a hard look at this. You know, all my, all my gutters are dented. It looks terrible. I should probably take a look at this. Um, so when that happens, uh, you want to make sure that your insurance policy is the right one. Um, and it should say replacement cost on your roof. Um, that's RCV. It's, you know, short for replacement cost on your roof. Um, there's also something called ACV, which is accumulated cash value or scheduled roof. A scheduled roof means that the day that it's put on, it starts to age, just like a car that you drive off the lot of a, of a brand new car lot, right? Once you drive your car off the car lot, if it was worth 20,000, when you drove it off the car lot, it starts to depreciate. If you have a scheduled roof, it's going to depreciate. So you're going to pay your deductible and the depreciation. Um, so you have to be very careful on low cost premiums. Again, when I talked about being the low, pro the low price provider on insurance, that may not be the most effective long-term play for you. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you know, it, I think just from having this discussion, there's great online tools. You can get insurance through a competitor online, but at the end of the day, you want you want to have that one-on-one -on -one discussion because there's a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to insurance and what's going to fit the homeowner, the best age of the home, things like that. They want to take in consideration. One, one of the items that I also get a lot of questions on is credit. You know, credit varies, obviously, in my industry based on what kind of programs we can put them into and, and the rate that they would qualify for based on credit. From an insurance perspective, what is is there a process to get a credit score pulled or do you actually pull credit to calculate premiums in addition to what the history is on claims? Yeah, so that's a great a great question. So um, I would tell you that credit does play um, play a factor in insurance. Um, it does play a factor in your rate and how much you pay in your premium. I can tell you that um, insurance agents don't have access to your actual credit score. Um, what we can see is um, what underwriting pulled when they pulled it through to take a look at it. Um, there's an insurance score and your insurance score can go up or go down. It can be um, based upon some claims, um, but a lot of times it's based upon um, what your credit score was. Um, so it's important to try to keep your credit uh, in a good place or try to move it forward if you can. Um, it doesn't mean you can't get insurance, right? It, it just means that it does play a role in that. Um, just like with, um, you know, you and the loan process, Rich, it does apply to what they can and can't get. Maybe they can't get a certain program because it's just not offered for that credit score. Um, in the insurance world, what that means is, hey, if my credit is, is a little bit lower, it may mean that I'm paying a little bit more in premium. It's like, well, Jason, that didn't make any sense to me. And I, I don't know that I agree or disagree with them. What I do know is that insurance underwriters have told me that people typically with higher credit scores are typically a lower risk, meaning that things just happen yeah. less. 
You know, I, I don't know why I, I, I'm not that guy. That's the actuary. I wasn't smart enough in school to be that guy. Or girl. Um, and so that's just what they tell me. And so it does yeah. play a role for sure. Okay. Well, one, one reason out there, if you're listening, try and get it, you know, keep your score as, as high as you can. That's going to give you obviously help you with the, with the premiums on your homeowner's insurance or even renter's insurance. Right. I think that would come into play too. If you're currently renting. Yeah, it's crazy. It plays it plays a role in renter's insurance. It plays a role in your auto insurance. It plays a role in your life insurance. It plays a role in all of it. For whatever reason, um, credit score has become something to at least um, be mindful of when you think that, hey, my rates are way too high. Um, could it be tied to this? Uh, we can actually answer that question. We can say, hey, your insurance score was low because something going on with your credit. And we can yeah. give them tools and 800 numbers and help them to make those phone calls to figure out what's going on with it. Because a lot of times people are shocked. I think that you would agree with that. They're like, what do you mean it's not, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, for the longest part, you know, I really didn't deal with how premiums were calculated, you know, as I got more experience in mortgage is when I learned a little bit more about how that process looks like. And when I heard credit, to me, it was like, well, do you have your own credit? Because I don't, you know, we usually get notified if there's a hard pool or some type of an additional inquiry, but I'm guessing right. you're doing maybe a soft credit pool to see what, what you have there. Um, so it doesn't show up as an inquiry. Yeah. It does not show up as an inquiry. So when you go to shop your insurance, it won't, should not affect your credit score. Um, but they are going to take a look at it for sure. Okay. Yep. Now I want to, I want to jump back into the veteran aspect of it. Cause you know, this is a, this is a podcast for veterans, VA buyers, but at the end of the day, I want to know, are there any specific discounts or any, thing for the veteran if they've got to make modifications to the home due to their disability yeah so i don't know that they're and i did research to to look around um both within farmers and my company um and outside um in other places that we represent potentially and so um you get a military discount um it's you know what we talked about earlier uh for being in the military uh, if you make modifications to your home or any of those kinds of things because of something that happened while you were active duty, um, there aren't necessarily any discounts in terms of insurance. Now, what I would tell you as your agent, uh, what I would make sure of is that if those modifications are significant, we probably need to make sure that we put that into the calculation of the house. And what I mean by that is what if we had to make this whole house, it had to have a ramp and it had to have all kinds of new doorways and all these other things. Um, in the event that that was damaged in a fire or water or or whatever, uh, and you needed it to be built back to the value that it was um, after you made all those modifications, we need to make sure that your policy does cover that. Um, but in terms of additional discounts, unfortunately, there just wasn't anything out there that I could find. So, so the takeaway should be you need to get with your agent if if you've got a a particular disability that make that you need to modify the home, like you mentioned. Uh, right. You may need to have certain appliances in the home to accommodate your situation. So yeah. you know, things like that aren't common in most homes, right? So right. I, I guess if there's a claim on that, you got to make sure that the covers that you want to replace that you already have that in place. You don't want to be, un I guess, undercovered if you don't have yeah, that conversation. And, and think about those, those modifications are, are pretty expensive. You know, when you start talking about modifying bathrooms and kitchens and lowering counters and doing yeah. the things that have to happen. Um, and, and to rebuild it uh, to like and kind when they say like and kind to the way that it was before it happened. Um, you want to make sure that that's all in there for sure. And, you know, 
that's why I think it's important that if you have an agent that they literally kind of visually walk through your house with you, like rich, tell me about your kitchen. You know, tell me about all the things in it, all the appliances and the countertops and the floors. Tell me about your bathroom. Those kinds of things that are asked usually uncover if there's anything special going on. Okay. So at the end of the day, make sure if you're a veteran out there that you are getting with your agent, if, if modifications need to be made on your home, uh, to make sure you have proper coverage on that. Yeah, for sure. First time home buyer. So we've got the first time home buyer. We covered a lot of information about the first time home buyer as far as, well, I say first time home buyer, just buying a home in general, what coverage they need, how to calculate deductibles. But when you have someone going from a, a renter for years to becoming a homeowner and you have, you've always had the renter's insurance and it only covered, I guess, just your contents, right? So now you move into a homeowner outside of just having the coverage for your home. What additional things should a renter consider on their policy besides just covering the home? So the renter, when they had their renter's policy, as you discussed, they, they have just the contents in their home. When the renter goes from their home or from the renter, from the rental property to their home, obviously now we're going to have the structure that we're going to look at. Right. Um, so all the, of all of that, you're off. Can't talk today. You're obviously going to have some of the things that um, are new in your home. So you're going to have additional uh, contents probably in your home. And people always ask, well, what does that mean? And take the roof off of your home, shake it really, really loose out in the street. Anything that falls out there is that's, that's the contents, right? Um, so you're probably going to have more of that. So if you thought that you had $25,000 worth of stuff in your apartment, um, it's probably going to be more than that in your home now. So it's something to at least think about. Um, you also, you know, on your renter's policy, you did have a liability piece there, meaning that if something was to happen and then you're responsible for it, um, that will also be included on your homeowner's insurance um, as, you know, item E on there. Um other than that, I think really the, the, the biggest differential is now that you're going to have this home, you're going to have a bigger structure. Whereas before, when you were a renter, um, that insurance for that place that you were living was actually carried by the apartment complex or the homeowner that you were renting from originally. So now you're going to have to insure your structure. What if I have a new homeowner and I buy a pool? Do I need additional supplemental coverage for the pool or more liability insurance? Is that going to, if I, if I need that, is that going to change the premium on my house? What a great question. Interestingly enough, um, it really doesn't raise the premium on your house um, because typically pools don't get, get destroyed in events. Now we had a big freeze and people had pool pumps that were, that were affected, but that, that's, kind of a one, that's kind of a one-off. I think you were one of them if we talked about that. But what I would tell you, if you do get a pool, um, the, the insurance company is going to ask if it's fenced. It's going to have to be fenced. Um, they just don't want somebody running in and jumping in and something happened. Um, the thing I would think about on pools or specifically pools is liability, right? Um, my teenagers were, uh, we weren't home and they thought that it'd be really cool to jump off the second floor uh, into the pool um, and, and do cannonballs. And, and now look, if some one of those dudes men would have had a miss and, and broke their leg or worse uh, into the pool. Um, somebody probably would have been asking who's going to pay for this. And the reality right. of that answer is the, is now that you're the homeowner, you're going to be responsible for that. So the liability piece on there is, is in your apartment, it may have been 50,000 or a hundred thousand. You definitely want to make sure that your insurance agent, you have talked about that. Some coverage. Um, 
is the right play. I can tell you that once you get into the liability purchase, if you purchase the lowest amount, which is typically 300,000 and you move to a million, the dollars in premium that you pay per month are literally single digits. People are always like, oh, yeah. I'm going to save so much money if I have lower liability. You're really not. And it really does cover you in the event that something major happens. We always tell people that, hey, what you want to do um, is if you have a bad day, let's not make it a bad decade or a bad rest of your life, you know, let's because it can wreck yeah. you financially. Right. So. And, it, you know, something that we have on ours, we have an umbrella policy. Is that something that you have conversations with when you get in a situation like that? Yeah, I think it's it's um, maybe one of the most important pieces of the strategy. Right. Um, and this is why. If something big was to happen at your house and you exhausted that million dollars, let's say it was a big event. You know, let's say one of those guys that was jumping off the second floor died and somebody said, who's going to pay? You know, this guy had his whole life ahead of him. You know what? We're going to lawyer up. We're going to lawyer up and uh, we're coming after you. And that lawyer comes after you. What that that umbrella does is it, it's an umbrella. Basically, once once you've used all the limits on your insurance, whether it's a liability piece for uh, somebody getting hurt or whether it's a whole bunch of damage that you did to to some property somewhere, it allows for your insurance agent's lawyers to help protect you, right? They're going to say, you know what? We get that they were hurt. It's a terrible thing. Uh, we don't think it should be 10 million. So the umbrella, what it does is it kicks in once you've used all of the other insurance that you have on your policy. Here's where I think there's a problem. Let's say you have $300,000 in home coverage and <clears throat> liability, right? It's on the E section of your deck page. It says, hey, I've got $300,000. You're like, ooh, that's a lot. One of those guys that's jumping off the second floor into the pool, hits his head. He goes into a coma. He's in a coma for two months. It's, you know, it's a million dollars to to get him through this process, right? Somebody's going to come and say, well, we want the $300,000, but who's going to cover the $700,000 differential, you know, to to get this guy back to back to where he was. Um, the lawyers or somebody is probably going to be coming to look for the homeowner. Um, and if it was above that 300,000, um, the umbrella can kick in. So I believe that it's very, very important. I believe it's very, very important if you're a parent and have kids that run around and do silly stuff. Um, hey, we had someone call our office the other day. They were at the lake house. They were shooting fireworks and um, they were actually at a in-laws lake house shooting fireworks. Uh, one of the fireworks shot across the yard um, over, you know, half an acre over up under somebody else's car and caught the car on fire. Oh and my gosh. It, it totaled the car. So everybody's looking <laughs> around going, well, who's going to pay to get the new car? And yeah. I got a phone call and he, it's, I'm not his agent. He goes, what's going to happen? I said, well, who bought the fireworks? And he goes, I bought the fireworks. And I said, did you shoot him? He goes, no, he goes, but people I know shot him. I'm like, it's probably going to go on your homeowner's insurance. And I said, but have you seen those videos where the fireworks like shoot up into the garage and like light the house on fire and stuff? I said, at least it wasn't that, you know, people ask about um, umbrellas and all those additional liability coverages. It's for those weird, crazy events that can happen. Yeah. Like if that car had caught fire and it had caught the house on fire, it could have been more than his homeowner's insurance would have covered him for. So umbrellas yeah. are hugely important. One, one of the reasons why we got the umbrella policy, we've kept it in place all these years is when we would go on mission trips, we were the drivers of all the kids, you know, in the, in the van. So the, the, um, the umbrella policy gave us additional coverage 
in case something happened, in case the parent of one of those kids, if something were to happen, could come after us personally, the umbrella policy would help help us cover over and above what coverage we currently have, right? So it is something that we've always kept in play. Even to this day, I still have the umbrella policy and it's not it's not expensive. The premiums are not expensive at all uh, to have that initial coverage. Yeah, like we talked about earlier, um, liability, you know, in slang or in joking terms in the insurance world, sometimes I call it lawyer policies. Um, the reality of it is, is we want to make whoever gets hurt or whoever gets damaged back to whole. We might know these folks, right? We, we might need to be a part of that process. Um, but like yeah. you said, to get in the game for liability on an umbrella policy um, is typically somewhere around 30 or $40 a month. So if you can think about like yeah. Legal Shield and all those other places that say, hey, you can sign up for $30 a month. Um, this umbrella does effectively the same thing, but it's on your policy and on your stuff. So it's okay. It's a far better deal. We are close to our time, but I want to I want to add one thing on here that I make sure that our listeners understand is every year your homeowner's insurance policy renews, right? So from a lending servicing perspective, we've got to make sure that the insurance agent gets the bill from the escrow account to renew each year. But if I'm not including my payment with escrows for the insurance, I've got to renew that on my own. So I want to make sure that our listeners understand that if they're paying the premiums on their own yearly, that they get it renewed at that time. Is that when they should look at maybe renewing the policy or updating coverages, or do they have to wait a year? What's the best practice for that? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, it's like anything. If, if it's not in your face every day, you don't think about it. Um, I would tell you this. Uh, as a rule, I would look at my insurance um, every six months and every year. Uh, I would also, um, if you can, keep it in mind. Anytime I have an event in my life that could change things, I would call my insurance agent and go, hey, by the way, um, I just got married. Hey, by the way, I just had a kiddo. Hey, by the way, I just bought a new home. Um, <laughs> you know, all these yeah. different things. Um, but it can be very important for if somebody, um, for a birth, for a death, um, for, hey, you know what? We always get phone calls like, hey, I just bought a new ATV. I'm like, well, did you want to insure it? Um, all these things need to be reviewed. And specifically when you say, um, hey, my, my mortgage lender wants to get the updated EOI. You know, sometimes those addresses change. We need to ask you the questions as we're going through the process. Hey, are you still with the same mortgage lender? We want to make sure the payment goes yeah. to the right place. You know, right. those kinds of things are shouldn't be headaches, but they're headaches if we don't just take a few minutes to just go through, a, you know, kind of a biannual annual review. I can tell your listeners that a lot of people don't want to do them, but they can be 15 minutes um, and they could um, help do all kinds of good things for you. So it's, they're so important. Yeah. Um, you know, several times. It's, it's, it's important to do that because it's part of your obligation on, not on the note, but for the total maintenance of the home. So it could, yeah. you know, it could cut your payment down a little bit to what maybe you're used to paying. And you could take that extra portion of what you're used to paying and apply it towards your principal and maybe try and pay down the balance a little bit further. But one thing I want to make sure as a consumer, as a homeowner that you don't let happen is don't let your insurance ever just go away. Don't let it lapse because you at closing agree to always have insurance on the property. So if the lender knows you don't have insurance on the property, 
they're going to put forced place insurance where they don't care who who's covering. They just put the insurance on there. And that insurance that I've seen is through the roof and they're going to charge you for it. So make sure that if you know insurance is changing, you get with your agent or you get with your loan officer to get to an agent and get that insurance in back in place or renewed or whatever the case is. So you don't have forced place insurance, never have forced placed homeowners insurance. I love it. You know, the other thing is rich on top of that, um, if it's at all possible, don't let your insurance lapse. Um, and, and the reason for that is, um, when I say lapse, be canceled. It's very, very, it makes life very, it makes things more difficult to find good quality insurance when you've had a cancellation on your insurance. So no, I didn't know that. Get, even if you get mad at your insurance agent, like, you know what, man, they haven't been doing me a good job or, you know what, man, their premiums are way too high. You know, you've heard that term. Um, don't quit your job until you have another job. Don't quit your insurance until you have other insurance <laughs> in place. Just don't that do it. it because you might win the you might win the battle, but you lose the war because you'll end up paying more for what you're getting. And and you could have just, you know, easily segued that out. You can cancel your insurance anytime you want to. You can go find new insurance anytime you want to. So um, by law, the insurance company has to re refund any amount that you didn't use. So yep. now you might be out of pocket a few minutes of that money, but make sure that you always have your insurance um, in effect. It's, it's a big deal. Absolutely. So Jason, how can, how can our listeners um, get in contact with you if they want to get new insurance, renter's insurance, or just general questions that we've discussed that maybe you can go into more detail after the fact? Yeah, call us anytime. You know, interestingly enough, we have uh, a couple of teachers on our staff and we just love teaching people. So call us anytime, uh, 469-202-0123. Um, it's a pretty easy number. I did that on purpose. 8675309 was taken, so I couldn't use that. Um, <laughs> some listeners will get that joke, some won't. Um, or you can just go to binion.agency and it's B-I-N-Y-O-N.agency and you can get it connected to us there. Perfect. And as usual, if you, if you like the podcast, please go to homeowner, Helping Heroes Become Homeowners Podcast.com to subscribe. If you're currently listening, please share and like. If you have any comments about homeowners insurance, we'll get those questions over to Jason as well. And as usual, my name is Richard Seri with Alliance Mortgage. To get in contact with me, you can go to my website at alliancemtggroup.net. Or give me a call at 214-872-2188 if you'd like to purchase or refi. So, Jason, I appreciate your time, brother. Good, good information. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks, Rich. Really appreciate it. It's been, a, been an honor to be with you. Thanks. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. If this episode has been beneficial, we'd love to hear from you. Please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Also, for regular updates and tips, make sure to follow our social media channels, which you can find in the show notes. Until our next episode, keep making homeownership dreams come true.